Hello, everyone. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast, where every week, Jeff Glover and his coaches will dive into deep questions that you are asking. They understand the challenges you are facing on a day-to-day basis and still work every day on the front lines of real estate, with Jeff and his team closing over 1,000 homes per year. In the last episode of Live Unreal, Jeff introduced five real estate agents and leaders who are excelling at the key skills that are important for succeeding in this industry. In part two of this interview, you'll hear from Corey Edwards and Ryan Young about mindset and turning the iBuyer offer into a bigger business. Let's hear from Jeff and the agents. So speaking of inspiring, Corey, you've been inspiring a lot of people. You've been inspiring me from afar, just from observations and things that I've been witnessing with you. And we've spent some time together. You were up at our coaches retreat in October there. And um, I think that the audience should hear from you and and hopefully get that same inspiration that I get every time I I think of your story and and what you've accomplished. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Corey Edwards from the Go Blue State, I'm born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. I currently reside in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I've been in Fort Lauderdale for 13 years. Awesome. And um, before you moved down to Fort Lauderdale, you had some pretty good success in Detroit, uh, but you also had some setbacks. Can you share with us uh, Absolutely. about that? Absolutely. So you guys see I walk on two canes. Um, historically, I used to walk on one. Um, I suffered a gunshot injury at the age of 17. Um, completely paralyzed from the, from the, um, from the waist down. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, two years later after my, my injury, um, woke up one day after being told from hundreds of doctors, hey, listen, you'll never be able to walk again. You'll never be able to walk again. My right leg started moving just a little bit. And um, fast forward four to six months later, my left leg started kicking in and uh, it's just been, uh, it, it just been going upscale from there. Uh, my injury. It was a uh, it was an accidental gunshot where um, a friend of mine, a so-called friend of mine, was playing with the gun and happened to go in a different, completely different room. Mm-hmm. The gun goes off one time, strikes me in my side, and boom! Next thing you know, I'm waking up three days later as a paraplegic. Yep. yep. And and I'm sure you think about. Uh, and this is why I think it's important that you get your story out even more than this, and we appreciate you doing this for us, but how many people are, are told that they're never going to walk again and just accept it? Absolutely. You, know, you didn't accept that. Absolutely. You know, that, you know for sure it got miracle mm-hmm. um, because I, you know, I did have a, a severed spinal cord. Um, but, um, you know, not, not only so much spinal cord, uh, you know, spinal cord injury patients, you know, those who have, you know, distracted mindsets of, you know, hey, listen, I broke my arm, and, 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 and the world is over today. Yep, can't right? do it. Can't do anything now. Yep. Right. So you made the decision to, that you were going to walk again. Right. Yep. You got it. And today, Absolutely. And today you are. Yep. And yep. also you made the decision not only you're going to walk again, but you're going to get into an industry that requires a lot of walking yep. <laughs> in and out of houses, up and down. Absolutely. So after my injury, I, I graduated. I went on to college. Um, never missed a day in college. I graduated from Eastern Michigan University up in Michigan. Um, three and a half years of, of college, I graduated. Never missed a day of college. Mm-hmm. Um, through all the winter, snow, and I was on a walker, wheelchair, and, you know, I used to get to class early. Um, after I graduated from, and I've been in real estate going on 27 years, so I'm, I'm a long time, yeah. right? I'm getting old here. But um, um, 
I, I, um, I landed a, a job at a company called Quicken Loans. Mm-hmm. And um, I worked at Quicken Loans for 10 years. Yep. Um, seven out of 10 years, I was number one in sales. Mm-hmm. Um, I have countless awards there from, from Quicken, a lot of great friends. Um, 2008, 2009, I lost it all. Yep. Yep. Um, lost, I don't know, two, about two and a half million dollars. Um, filed a bankruptcy. Got divorced. Um, at that point in time, I, you know, I had a daughter. Um, and, um, you know, I, I said, hey, listen, if I'm going to restart life over, then, um, you know, I, I love, I'm a, I'm a hunter and I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge fisherman. I love to fish. Um, I said, if I wanted to start life over, hey, listen, I love Fort Lauderdale. I packed up, you know, packed up. And, you know, me and my wife, of course, now, uh, we packed up, left. And um, here, I restarted. Awesome. And when you restarted in Fort Lauderdale, you didn't know anybody. Nobody. So how did you get the business going in a new market? Well, listen, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm from, you know, real estate now is easy, right? You know, just just blocking your time and making the phone calls. When I started way back in the day, you know, mortgages and and not only that, real estate, overall, listen, we used to call from the white pages. Mm -hmm. You know, we used to start at A and it'd take me, you know, three weeks to finish up A. You probably had a blue Bresser's book. Oh, absolutely. Directory. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, the old school way of, uh, of real estate. So with, you know, with the given technology um, that, that, that we have today, real estate is, you know, to me, it's, it's a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, after smiling and dialing for uh, six years in yep. 2016, um, I was able to, um, I walked across the stage in front of Gary Keller. Yeah. Um, I, was, I was rated the top fifth individual agent in the world as far as agent count. Yep. And in that point in time, I think we had about 140,000 agents and, and, I, and I was one that, uh, that, 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 that was able to get that uh, top fifth agent award uh, here in the world. And you were, uh, yeah, let's hear it for that, that's great. And that was top solo agent, so you were grinding. I mean, grinding. you were grinding. Grinding. Three assistants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife helped me out, of course. But, uh, you know, I, that, that particular year, um, you know, I did 165 transactions, yep. you know, as a solo agent. Um, Matt support, and, and, and um, you know, it, it was fun. It was a lot, of, a lot of damn hard work, but we, we did it. And, yeah. and uh, you know, fast forward now, I'm, 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 I'm off to different adventures. Awesome. Yep. Love it. All right, cool. Thanks for being here, Corey. No Ryan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wrap it up for us, will you? 165 units yourself. Wow. Massive. Um, yep. High profit. Uh, Ryan Young, Cleveland, Ohio. I have a team. A lot of Cleveland folks. Woo. I have a Go team blue. there. No, OH. <laughs> um, have a team there, 11 agents. Uh, last year sold 620 homes, about $170 million in real estate. So very productive agents on our team. Yep. And one thing that, that I've admired about you, and I've been keeping an eye on your business for a few years now, is you've been able to, similar to Chad, um, and, and I didn't recognize until you and I chatted and you and I chatted that you guys connected on, on a lot of the iBuyer stuff. Um, and, and right now, a big focus yours is a lot of what we're talking about, the sellers that want instant gratification and they want guarantee. And so can you tell us a little bit about how you started your iBuyer program and, and what that came about? Because that's a big piece of your business today, is it not? 
Yeah, what's really cool is how it all comes full circle. So Chad and I have known each other for probably five, six years. We're a part of a couple other groups. And Chad was actually really inspirational in my you know, movement towards this instant offer product. Um, and, you know, I heard what he was doing and it was kind of intriguing. And I started, we always offered a guaranteed sale program and wanted to just take it to the next level. Um, started just doing a lot of research, following a lot of the prop tech companies, iBuyers, power buyers, stuff like that. Um, we started a company called Flash House. Uh, Flash House is an iBuyer, a, a full technology platform about three years ago. Uh, last year, we acquired about 170 homes. Um, we're now raising large amounts of capital. Um, we are now scaling it to an actually an agent-led iBuying platform. Yep. So it's just really evolved from you know, a real estate team trying to leverage creative value proposition to their clients to now an actual legitimate, which could be an extremely large company. Yeah, sure. It sure can. I mean, there's only a handful that exist today that, that are, you know, extremely large companies and you could certainly be one of them here soon. So um, what, what was it about the, what you, obviously you've done the research, you've studied it. What was it about the iBuyer model that caused you to say, you know what, this could work in Cleveland and it could not only put us in a position to buy some houses, buy some real estate, but also generate leads for our team. What, what caused you to arrive at that decision? Yeah, I think I, a couple things. I, I, I almost fell into it because I was challenged by some clients that wanted that as an option and I didn't have the ability to provide it to them. Mm. And so as I started to see that people did want optionality, they wanted flexibility, I started realizing how important it was to at least give them the option. Uh, our model runs a little different than Chad's. Our model is basically every listing we go on gets provided, that seller gets provided an instant offer. Um, it's a little bit lower margin. It's not as much of a flip opportunity. It's just more of an option to the seller. The beautiful thing about it, though, is it's a major lead gen source. It's a major uh, off-market attractor in a very you know, strong seller's market. And so it's a very strong agent retention tool mm -hmm. because we at any time have about 40 to 50 homes that are coming to the market in the next 60 days. Yep. And so our agents obviously are aware of those and they can provide that as a value proposition to their clients. Yep. So I just started seeing all of these values to what it could provide yep. and especially at scale. And so it was worth it to make the investment, not just in research, but also in capital and effort um, to start building it. Great. And so it, what would you say to someone that says, okay, I've heard enough about it. And I know, you know, one of the breakouts today that I'm doing is how to start an iBuyer program. And you're going to join me for a little bit in the beginning of that program. Um, but what would you say to someone that was considering starting an iBuyer program, but was of course the very number one thing I hear from agents when I talk about starting their own iBuyer program is, yeah, but Jeff, I don't, I don't have any money, right? Uh, you don't have to have, you don't have to use your own money, right? What would you say to someone that, that is, is giving that as the excuse or the reason why they're not starting their own? Yeah, I think if, if you genuinely believe in it, first of all, you have to genuinely believe in the fact that the clients, it, it's valuable to provide them an option. I think there's just, like Jeff said, a lot of naysayers towards just what iBuyers are doing. And I think it's normally associated with more flipping and we buy ugly houses and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But if you genuinely feel that it's in your client's best interest to provide them an instant offer or that yeah. type of product, 
then start to explore it. it yep. Once you dis, once you have a decided hard, which is one of our core values, that this is a value proposition to the consumer, not just to you as a lead gen magnet, then you have to start identifying how do I raise capital? How do I identify what the real value of homes are? How do I make sure this is a scalable business so that, like Chad said, one out of 20 homes they're actually acquiring, that's a lot of legwork for very low conversion. So you gotta have to kind of work through the mechanics of the way it just the way it works so that it's efficient. One of the things, and we've failed forward, um, at first my agents were getting extremely irritated. We were sending them out to houses that had a very low conversion. They were taking pictures. They were sending it back to us. We were comping deals. Mm -hmm. We'd send out the offer and then the seller, we'd never hear back. Yep. And so they started seeing this low conversion game where they thought they were wasting their time. And so we found a way to just create it a little bit more scalable, um, which then evolved to technology and a platform. And then mm -hmm. from there, it's now we buy homes almost every day where yeah. it's, you know, it's just completely scalable. Yep. So thank you for that. So let's, let's go back to a couple of things you said in the beginning there. Um, you, you, you have to first buy into, make the decision that this is a value add to the client. And I'm guessing you arrived at that with the speed and guarantee. Right, and those two carry a lot of weight. Now, even in the example Chad gave, well, if it's only one out of 20, well, then that means only 5% are actually excited about those two things. But as you know, in some markets, it gets up to 15% of the market is excited about that. But it doesn't matter, 5%, 10%, 15% of markets with half a million people, with a million people, with two million people, with five million people, that's a, a, probably more sales than you're doing right now, right? Even if it's just a small percentage of people that are taking you up on it. So first starts with the belief, so I, I appreciate you sharing that. And then secondly, how do you fund it if, you're, if you haven't started it yet? Meaning, all right, I believe this can be a value proposition. I'll get the word out about that I'm doing this. Who's paying for the house if I'm not using my money? Yeah, and, and before we talk about the capital side, just to you know, kind of validate the value proposition, um, I'll give you an example of just scenarios where it's been extremely valuable. Um, imagine if it's a pretty competitive market that we're in, I'm assuming most of you guys as well. Um, imagine if your buyer finds the home of their dreams, but they need to sell theirs first and they won't accept a contingent offer. Well, here's a lever you can pull that provides them a solution. They know that they have their house sold if they do find it and they know what the economics look like of that situation. Um, and there's just several other times where someone, they need to move quick for whatever the opportunity is. It's normally not distressed. Once again, we're in a little bit of a different business than what Chad does. So we see somewhere between 10 to 15% um, accepted offer to offer sent out. But it's, it's, it's solving a problem for people. It's not just distress type of situations. But if you do believe in it and you see it as a value proposition and solving problems for your clients, the capital is always going to be the, the probably the biggest hurdle, right? And I think just what's really important is you have to get scrappy. You know, at first it started with my own money, which is always a little scary. But once I put up my own money and I bought a couple houses, I saw a little bit of, showed a little bit of traction and a track record, then went and got a line of credit. And then after we got a line of credit, then we went to larger institutions. Um, I am confident that to all of you guys out there, if you know at least one investor or a couple investors, that if you really had an opportunity for them and you positioned it as, if an opportunity came up and I 
am on the hook to acquire this property. Will you financially back me? And this is what the upside could look like for you. I am confident that if you need to kind of muscle through the first couple deals with using friends, family, investors, I'm confident you can do it. You just, you have to be a little bit scrappy and you have to believe in it. Otherwise, as soon as, you know, I think Corey's such a inspirational story of, you know, belief, right? And if you genuinely believe this is the, a true value proposition, you will raise the capital. Yeah. So uh, one of the things I heard in there is, is convincing an investor to say, hey, if, I, if, if they say yes to this offer, um, would you back me on this or would you want to go in on this together? What type of margin would that, be in, that investor be looking at on an average sale? Not the most extreme, not the you know, middle of the road there. Yeah, I think hard money looks at about a 12% return roughly in today's market. I mean, it fluctuates. Obviously, money is pretty cheap right now. Mm-hmm. Um, if it was tighter, maybe it's 15 to 20%. If you don't have the capital to offer right now, then you have to reflect the offer to be extreme value to you, right? If, you have, if you're flush with capital and all of a sudden you can squeeze your margin down really tight, now it's becoming more of a scale game. That's where we are. All of a sudden, now it's a value more to the seller because we can offer a lot more. We're looking to acquire more quantity mm-hmm. versus big margin. But up front, if you are really tight and you're working with an investor and he says, I need to see 10 to 12%, then tell your seller, look, this is probably not the best opportunity to net the most amount of money, but this is where I need in order for this product to work. And if it, you'll, you'd be surprised, people still see value in that because they look at the opportunity from the liquidity of what they can go spend that on or what they need it for. It's more upside than them, whatever, selling their homes 10, 15% below market. So, so I was, that was going to be my next question. When you first started, you probably weren't buying them for 90, 91, 92% of value, which as we know works out to, if you do the math, probably about a break even. What, where, did you, where did you find that sweet spot to where you finally got you know, 5% or 8% or whatever, one out of every 20 or one out of every 18 to say yes? What was that number? I think our sweet spot without putting money into a property was like 85%. Yep. Okay. When you start to, I've, I've once again, fail forward, you know, meaning buying the home, showing the number of, Hey, this is your market value. Just to keep numbers simple, your home's worth 100,000. We'll buy it for 85,000. Right. So about Correct. a 15% gap. And you guys got to think about it. When, when I say 12%, we're talking about annualized, right? If you can, buy a house and turn it in, let's just say 90 days, that means you can turn your money four times. So an investor that's, just because we're saying 15%, if an investor gives you money and you can turn that money four times, now all of a sudden that's 60%. So it, it, one of the things that we've learned and one of the mistakes we made was I started getting extremely passionate about renovations and design and architecture, and this is not the type of you know, scenario to do that. We started gutting houses, opening up walls. It'd be cool if dot, dot, dot. And that was just money flying away. (laughs) You have to be very calculated and strategic with what your investment is, what's your selling strategy, and then execute. And as long as you stick to the plans, it's a very, very strong model. Yep. Uh, One other question I had for you, which is something I've been talking about when I do these tours around the country, is you could also start your own iBuyer program uh, with actual real estate investors, meaning like house flippers. And just by, by saying, hey, yes, you might not get your typical 15 or, or 13% margin or whatever on buying, fixing, and selling, uh, and maybe it's only going to net you 6% or 8%, but 
it's going to happen faster. Uh, it, it's, you're going to have less work on the home. There's going to be less risk. And obviously, you know, as the agent, you're going to put a few bucks in your pocket for the commission or the finder's fee. What do you think of that model? Or would you encourage agents maybe explore that instead of or in addition to the hard money, finding a hard money lender? So I'm torn. So our model has evolved to empowering all realtors to offer an iBuying solution. So you're going to start to see some pretty large announcements over the course of the year where I genuinely believe that every agent should be empowered with their own tool. However, there are companies out there that are more aggregators where they say, we'll generate multiple offers for you from investors and we'll let you choose what's the best one. I think it's a good place to start. The, where I struggle with it though, is you know that it's a lower conversion game and you're basically opening up your clients to say to investors and saying, here is a predictive seller, whether it's now or in the future. And so I think they can start getting targeted by those investors, essentially, if you do that. And so I think aggregator is a, a great way to offer it up front. Let me get you four investor offers and we'll choose what's the best one. But I think after you get a couple of those under your belt, I would recommend doing it yourself just because you have a lot more control. And I think it's a better consumer experience. Yeah. And by the way, when you're starting out, uh, even if, if you're, even, you know, obviously a lot of top producers invest in real estate, we're not saying you have to buy a house every week or even a house per month. When you're starting out, it could be one every couple months. You don't have to say yes to all of them, right? You could say no to, to the majority of them, of course, and most are going to reject your offer anyways. But would you also agree that there's the, the value is not just in the profit of the house flipping and the eye buying, the value is in the leads that it creates and the opportunities that are generated? The cool thing is that, so we have 11 agents on our team. In the past two years, not a single one of those agents have bought a home on market, their own personal residence. So every house that we walk into, that we acquire, you know, first we're saying, and these are good properties. This is not distressed inventory, right? This is average price point inventory, move-in ready inventory. So it's a great magnet for our team members first, for them thinking, is this a great personal residence for me? And then you just keep going down. If it's not a great personal residence for me, is it a great residence for one of my clients? If it's not for one of my clients, and you just keep working your way down. But the value proposition is massive. It's such a strong retention tool. Um, you know, it's it's been the biggest game changer. We've seen our business basically double from about 80 million to 160 million in two years with not much added agent count, basically three more agents. So we've just seen it be huge. Lead generation, the, the value goes on and on. Yeah, love it. All right, let's hear it for our panelists. Thanks guys. Thank you for taking your time to join Jeff and the agents today on the Live Unreal with Glover U podcast. To get started on having an unreal business, take the real estate self-assessment. After you complete the assessment, a member of Glover U will get on a call with you to create an action plan to improve your score. Go to www.gloveru.com self. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Search for Live Unreal with Glover U on iTunes, Podbean, or Spotify, and subscribe today. Until next time.